Play the fucking intro. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. This one being episode 306. Yeah, 306. Just sort of just sort of feels right. Right? <laughs> uh, we'll keep counting them up because that's how we do. Uh, the this episode features great interviews. Second interview with the band. Social Stigma, this time not just Barrett and Adrian. This time we have the whole band, which are newer than the last time. Yep, that will include Barrett, Adrian, Sean, Spencer, Cole, and also their little guest vocalist, Emma. And we'll be playing the yep. track that she does guest vocals on, but we'll be talking more about that as we get closer to it. Oh, yeah. And we need not, we needn't say much because uh, Social Sigma, the, those guys, they could go on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's great. That's the whole point of the interview. It's just sort of like ask a question and they ask five. Well, ask a question, they answered 50. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they carried us. Yeah, they certainly did. It's like, guys, guys, we love what you're saying. We actually agree with a lot of what you're saying, but we still got to do an episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, glad they joined. Looking forward to the conversation. It'll be coming up later. Let's get into the new stuff. Uh, I'm going to start at the top of the month. That is March 1st. And guess what? It's Social Stigma. They released hey. their EP. Uh, EP, LP, it's seven tracks. It's Class Warfare on the first. Faintest Idea released a single called False Prophets on the second. Snuff Tape, they released The Devil's Work EP on the second. Eric played something off of that last week. Brutal Seegers, they released Caras Sucias which is an EP on Common People Records on the second. Caress the Sushi? <laughs> yeah, something like that. That's is that what a, it sounds like when I say it. Is that a band whose entire, uh, uh, whose entire musical catalog is just saying from the point of view of the seaweed? It could be. It could be. Uh, it's in Spanish slash Catalan, so I don't know. Yeah, probably not, but seriously, caress the sushi, seaweed. <laughs> or maybe the outer rice. <laughs> Uh, on the third, uh, all these next ones on the third. Busy release day as it was a band camp Friday. Toilet Rats released four. That's Roman numeral four. Primitive Man and Full of Hell released Suffocating Hallucination. Can't Swim released Thanks But No Thanks on Pure Noise Records. Still Defiant released The Stubborn Few on Rebellion Records. Homefront released Games of Power on La Vida Es Un Mus Discos. GT, and that's G-E-E-T-E-E. -E they released Good Night Neanderthal, and that is on Goner Records. Zulu released A New Tomorrow on Flat Spot Records. The Heart Beeps released Come Together on Slovenly Records. Wicked Bears released Underwater on Wiretap Records. The Feel Good McClouds released a new single, Back in Life. Last Real Hero released Ain't Living Long. It's a single, it's a cover. Decent Criminal released Soothe, which is a single. In Time released Save Your Breath, which is an EP on Indecision Records. Dead Sex Puppets released No Hole Bagel on the third. Trace Quaver, or Quer, Quervos rather, Trace Quervos released a self-titled EP on Tough Ain't Enough Records. Fury of Five released Half Past Revenge EP on Upstate Records. Devin K and the Solutions released Achilles Feels 2, all the quarantine, uh, all the quarantine stuff. There you go. 
Uh, Chin Up Kid, they released a new single, had them on the show. God, they were in one of the first interviews we did on SLC Punkcast way back in 2017. Yeah. Yep, and they released a new single. It's been a while for them. Back Again, imagine that, an aptly titled single. Heel Turn released a new single called The Way You Live, Your Life is Strange. Unruly Boys put out their first new music since 2019 in the form of an EP called Too Hard Living, and that's T-O-O, Too Hard Living. Then on the 5th, Crawl released Unforgettable, which is a single on Sam Strong Records. Cloud Surfers released Ein Shamur, which is a single on the 6th. Ein Shamur. Yes. And I'm well in touch with my German... uh, Accent today because I listened to Rammstein this morning. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, cloud Cloud Surfers. I just said Cloud Surfers. Direct Hit. They released a new single. It's called Wasteland. That came out on the seventh. Citizen Rage released What's it To You single, and they have an album coming out in May. It'll be on Cursed Blessings Records. Stellar Corpses and the Brains put out a single together called California Dreamin'. It's a cover, but a really good one. I really like both those bands, so you should dreamin', check it out. Dreamin', Dreamin'. Is it that one? <laughs> uh, no, it's that California Dream. Oh, maybe you are singing it right. Maybe. California yeah. Dreamin'. I think you're right. I think, <laughs> I think Eric's right. But go listen to it for yourself. You'll figure it out. Ford's Fuzz Inferno released a new EP called Eternal Circles of Fuzz, and we're going to be talking more about that here in a moment. That's on the 8th. The Rats, that's Rats with a Z, released Thoughts and Prayers EP on the 8th. Krim will be releasing Cansons de Mort on the 10th. The Heck is releasing On Your Nerves on the 10th. Wild Tales releasing 123, and that's Roman numerals 123, on Lockjaw Records. The Kicks releasing Disorder, Flogging Molly, Till the Anarchy's Restored, which is a single, Judiciary, Flesh and Blood, Ultrazia with Jusquade Boat de la, de la Nuit. Yeah, Jusquade Boat de la What was that second word? Jusquade? Jusquade Boat, Boot, B O U T, Boat de la Nuit. Yeah, Jusquade Boat de la Nuit. There you go. Uh, go with what Eric said. Ultra Razia, and that's going to be on Primator Crew and Warthog Speaks Records here in the States. Those all were on the 10th. On the 14th, the Dreadnoughts will be releasing Green Willow. Italian Blood's going to be releasing the PEP on Pi Day. Finally. Right? <laughs> uh, Bogavantes Contarantes is releasing a new EP coming up on Tough Ain't Enough Records. Uh, Asidio on Common People Records should be releasing Fuego sometime soon. Toxic Effects is releasing Immune to the Media on Mad Butcher Records sometime soon. Backfire should be releasing Angry God on Rebellion Records sometime soon. All within this window, I think. And then finally, I've got a few on the 17th. Hunting Lions is releasing their EP Dark on Pirates Press. Spirit of Hamlet on nor- er, releasing Northwest to Hamaretto. And then Raging Nathans and Mikey Erg Band are releasing Gauntlet of Knives EP. Obviously, that's a split on Red Girlfriend Records. And I'll throw it out. Telos is releasing Delude on Pasaderic Pats Records on the 18th. Eric, you're up. What do you got on yours? Well, I found something interesting about that Flogging Molly single, uh, Till the Anarchy is Restored. The, uh, the title track is actually already available. Oh. Yeah. I'm looking at it on Apple Music. You can stream it. Uh, there are two other songs that are uh, Drunken Lullabies and What's Left of the Flag. They are live, and those aren't available for streaming. So 
So yeah, if you want to hear live renditions of Flogging Molly songs, which I suggest you do because they're often better <laughs> than <laughs> then yeah, that'll come out in the next uh, in the next couple days. But in the meantime, you have a brand stinking new track from Flogging Molly. So yeah, I know what I'm gonna have to be checking out. Right. <clears throat> anyway, I got some uh, I got some uh, things here. Uh, back on the 27th, No Option released I Hope This Finds You Well EP, and Enforce released their single Hanged By My Hand. And yeah, then the first Social Stigma Class Warfare will be getting, not exactly us, but they will be getting way into that, <laughs> especially Barrett. <laughs> uh, but also on the first, Drug Church released a new single, Myopic, or Myopic, Myopic, <laughs> yeah, Myopic. And, yeah, on the second, Snuff Tape, The Devil's Work, we talked about it. And, yeah, on the third, Primitive Man and Full of Hell, Suffocating Hallucination, finally gave that a listen. And it's uh, pretty much exactly what I wanted to, what I was expecting. That's what I wanted to hear from Primitive and Full of Hell. So, yeah, pretty great. On the sixth, Drain released a, uh, another single from their upcoming album, Living Proof. This is called FTS KYS. In other words, fuck this shit, kill yourself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But the interesting thing, I listened to that and I read the lyrics and I was thinking, how can Drain, with their singer being such a charismatic, totally positive, walking, smiley face, have a song title that's called that? <laughs> it's like, well, maybe he's got something to it. And I read the lyrics and yes, it, it does stand for that, but it's about overcoming the the attitude of uh, fuck this place kill yourself it's about like no gotcha. press on so i'm like there you go you, the the old bait and switch it seems <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh on the 8th bad blood this is a band from flat spot records they released a single called apology that's going to be coming up on an e their ep the bad kind decides which is going to be on the end of the month uh then on the 10th yep judiciary flesh and blood finally get that and also on the 10th, Negative Prayer, releasing their self-titled EP. And that's what I got for uh, new releases so far. Well, Eric played, I, I want to quickly shout out to somebody. Eric played Abusements on, I believe it was last episode, right? It was, yeah. And they reached out, as some of the bands do when we play their stuff, and said, hey, you know, thanks for sharing our stuff, checking our stuff out, that kind of thing. And then said, new favorite podcast for them. And so I just want to say hey to the Abusements uh, whoever was listening, and if it's the whole band, you're our new favorite listeners. Well, <laughs> that is that is such a dear thing to say. Right? <laughs> Which also, funny, funnily enough, uh, a friend of mine, I shared, her, I shared with her the podcast. It was like, hey, this is what I've been doing. Check this out. I sent her the, uh, the episode of my, uh, you know, my top EPs of last year. Right. And she was like, do you mind if I share this? No, of course I don't fucking mind. <laughs> Just share it with everybody. So she said it to like all of her friends in uh, overseas, over in England, over in uh, Australia. I'm like, well, thank you. That's getting us a lot more listeners. <laughs> Excellent. Appreciated. And anybody who's listening, if it's your first time, well, we have uh, over 400 other episodes you can go back and check out. The first year or so when Chris and I were doing it, we were learning, but... Even though the podcast might not be as entertaining, there was always, always, always fantastic music being played on this show. So go back and check them out. Lots of stuff to check out. Thank you, everybody, who is tuning in. Eric, 
Let's get into some of that music. You're going to kick it off with The Runts. Awesome. Oh, yeah, The Runts. These guys, I'm, uh, oh, boy, I'm excited they have a new EP out, but I am so sad that they are going to be breaking up. Yes, they were. I mean, they had a great run. They formed They formed back in the 2000s in, in of course, Los Angeles, because where the fuck else? Right. Uh, yeah, and they composed a repertoire of fast, spastic, 80s-style hardcore punk. And, yeah, you can hear that in their first LP that came out called Kill the Runts. That came out in 06. And they went on what I assume is an indefinite hiatus. Their history isn't found on any social media pages, uh, pages or even their website. Yeah, they have a website, and it's just like I click on click on it. It's like our story. It's just the it's just their current lineup. Okay, I'm like that. Okay, good good to know the names, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they uh, they did come back with new material in 2022 after starting their own Bandcamp account. Okay, so, and that thereby making their previous releases available, and they released their Jumpstart single last April. And I played a song on that one. The uh, The song that I chose was Fortune Cookie. That was back in, uh, I noted here, episode 263. And the other songs on there, Jumpstart and Fed Up, along with Fortune Cookie, they're, they're all, they've all rolled over to their new EP and what is presumably their last, Broken Hearts Want Broken Necks. And <laughs> what a great name for coming out around Valentine's Day as well. Yeah, it was. It came out on the 13th. <laughs> Yeah, 13th of, oh no, the 15th, the 15th of February on the other side. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, the day after all the, the heartbreak. <laughs> even if you aren't, even if your girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, whatever partner uh, did not break up with you on Valentine's Day, you're just going over, you're just still getting over the fact that you're all alone. <laughs> Nobody cares. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, I bet you're fed up with that. Okay, that was a terrible pun, <laughs> but <laughs> okay, it was it was a pun, but that's also because the song that I chose from the Runs New EP is "Fed Up," and yeah, I love this one. It just clocks in at just over a a minute forty, something like that. One thirty six. Yeah, not even a minute forty. Uh, again, this is like old eighty style hardcore. You expect the songs to just be very fleeting and ferocious it has a hammering infectious riff and an overall demanding energy the the lyrics are about uh being aware that anger can cloud one's mind and sort of being hyper focused on a problem that for which you can't see a solution because of your current mental state and it's a hardcore song what other way to be <laughs> so yeah, let's get angry. Let's just get fed up with uh, whatever in the fuck the runts are fed up with. I don't know. Maybe their career because they're ending it. <laughs> Here is the runts. Fed up.
fast, hard, and mean. <laughs> that, those are the runs for you. And yeah, they will be playing some shows to uh, kind of see everybody off or for everyone to see them off rather. And yeah, I hope that they uh, roll through Salt Lake. I, I think they are. Uh, I'm involved with some uh, group chats over uh, uh, bookers and promoters in uh, over the social medias. And I remember seeing uh, sort of skimming through the thread of uh, messages because most of them are stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> most of them like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's just another show that I'm not really giving a shit about. But... I saw I saw one that was like, a, oh yeah, when the ruts when the runs come through, blah 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 blah. blah. I'm like, wait, the runs are coming back. Now I could go and scroll back through and sift through all those fucking messages just to see if that was legitimate, but I ain't got the time for that. I gotta I gotta that's time I can be used uh, for doing better things like <laughs> scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> At the feed. <laughs> no, whatever. I'll just, I'll figure it out. Or if it happens, it will be announced. There you go. And I hope it does because the runs. I want to see them live at least one more time. I've seen them twice already, and they fucking kill it. They're a great band to see. Awesome. All right, and if uh, and yeah, that goes without saying, but I will remind all of you listening if they are coming through to your state, to your city, to your territory, whatever in the fuck. Yeah, do yourselves a favor and go see them, because they are awesome. Excellent. Well, we're going to play a couple bands out of Netherlands next, new music. Uh, I want to thank Hans for sharing it. I don't believe Waste or Ford's Fuzz Inferno, that's the two bands we're going to be playing, have social medias as far as like Instagram, Facebook, and so forth, but they both do have Bandcamp pages, so you can definitely go check them out over on the Bandcamp pages. First up, we're going to play the band Waste on February 8th, they released a new EP called The Century is Almost, or sorry, The Next Century is Almost Over. Uh, the band is from Udenbosch in Netherlands, and they formed way back in 1983. Damn. Right? But they split up in 1983. And <laughs> I think they had a minimal release, if I'm not mistaken. But 40 years later, the same lineup from 1983. They got back together and recorded four new songs, which is The Next Century is Almost Over. And when I say four, it's three plus a cover. But the cover is of the next band, Ford's Fuzz Inferno. And Hans plays in both bands. So first, we're going to play two songs from the band Waste. They're shorter songs. One's just over a minute. And then we're going to play the cover track, kind of leading us into Ford's Fuzz Inferno. then you can go check out the other two tracks from Waste. The Next Century is Almost Over, again, is the name of that EP. We're going to get into those two tracks right now. The first one's called Everything is Gray, followed by Ups and Downs, which is that Ford's Fuzz Inferno cover. So we're going to listen to these two back-to-back, and then we'll talk about them, talk about uh, what's coming up after that. Here we go.
that was the cover. Yeah, that cover sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. We played Ford's Fuzz Inferno uh, a couple other times as, you know, we'll be talking about that more here in a moment. But the band Waste, that's cool that they got back together. What would you think of the sound? It's got a nice little fuzz to it. Right? Just uh, just <laughs> makes it a little bit more uh, demanding, so to speak. Right? <laughs> a little Got a little bit of a beat to it. And I mean beat in both ways. <laughs> It's good. Uh, we're going to get to the next one here in just a moment. We have played. I played them over on uh, Punkanoi Worldwide stuff off of the Book of Fuzz. And uh, it's a two-piece band. That's what we're getting into next. I want to thank Hans. The other half of that two-piece is Patrick. Hans does vocal, guitar, hence the fuzz. You'll figure it out if you don't already know. And then Patrick over on drums. Like I said, we've played them before. Uh, we played the track Ups and Downs because it's on Death to the Fuzz Family EP. We played that on episode 294, which wasn't that long ago. It was December of 2022, so 294, pretty recent. And now we played Waste doing a cover of that track, plus we've played some other Ford's Fuzz Inferno. And now we're going to be playing Ford's Fuzz Inferno, new stuff called Eternal Circles of Fuzz is the name of that EP. I was talking <laughs> about it at the top of the hour uh, March 8th is when that was released, which is today, the day that we're recording this. It's out, so you'll be able to find it now. They're from Kickerdome in Netherlands. Hopefully I got that close. K-E-K-E-R-D-O-M. The band started January 29th of 2021, so just over two years together, but they've got several EPs out there, a lot of cool stuff. We played stuff off of several mm -hmm. of those EPs out there, this being their fifth EP Maybe uh, Kekerdom. Kekerdom. We'll go with them. We'll go with that. Again, I want to thank Hans for sharing the music so we can get on and check it out together. Glad both of those releases came out. We can play them both together. Let's play a song, which is the title track off of that EP. So it's called Eternal Circles of Fuzz. Here we go with Ford's Fuzz Inferno. <laughs>
All he ever wanted was eternal circles of fuzz. Eternal circles of fuzz? Yeah, we have that. It's called the police force. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I got to say, uh, death to the fuzz? Yeah, that's another way of saying abolish the police. <laughs> yeah, let's bring back the term fuzz. That was a fun term. Yeah, right. It's like, he was going to call the fuzz. Well, in this instance, maybe it has a double meaning, but it definitely also means the fuzz sound as, you know, he's doing the fuzz sound with the guitar because mm -hmm. just uh, Hans doing vocals and guitar, yeah. the fuzz. Like I, was say, like I was saying about the, uh, um, not the, the waste songs. Right. I said they had a bit of a buzz to it. Well, now this one's got a bit of a fuzz to it. Sure does. So, yeah. Sure does have the fuzz. It's because the... Uh, the interlinking, uh, the interlinking, what is the damn word? I guess the human is their fucking guitarist. Okay. The, yeah. the link. Yeah, ju we'll just say the link. Okay. <laughs> well, that is Ford's Fuzz Inferno. Figure. I was going to say figure, interlinking figure. There you go. <laughs> that works too. Uh, those are the new tracks for the episode, but guess what? There's also another new track. Maybe this is a lesser-known band for you, but Eric is going to tell us about who. I'll tell you about who. In certain uh, circles, most likely the hardcore community, this is not a lesser-known band. And this may also, by extension, may not be a lesser-known album. And it's also not relatively that old. But in the grand scope of things, yeah. This is a band I'm sure not a lot of people are aware about. This is a band called All Out War. These guys, they, they've been around for a while. They formed in, uh, New, in Newburgh, New York in 1991, and they were among the earliest hardcore bands uh, intertwining hardcore with uh, the likes of death metal as well as black metal. You can hear it in the guitar stylings, but there is many a breakdown to be had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to appease the, got to appease your followers. Right. So they released an album on the uh, 3rd of February called Celestial Rot. And Celestial Rot is akin more to the uh, metal side of metal core, <laughs> the metal core moniker, uh, with some elements of grind spread out, uh, spread about. Uh, maybe the album's coarse outer, it may be the album's coarse outer layer that suggests such a comparison. <laughs> But even so, it still pulls from uh, from the time that hardcore didn't sound so polished. <laughs> and there's a review from the uh, from the Angry Metal Guy online, and I'd like to reference here what he was uh, what he was saying. Just let me pull up the the note Angry Metal Guy. Yeah, the Angry Metal Guy. He's he's online. He's done thousands of <laughs> of reviews on his little website. What makes about, him so angry? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> maybe he's just maybe he's just supremely and eternally dissatisfied. Fair enough. Yeah. And he said this about All Out War. He says, across the eleven tracks, while the first half of each track exchanges hardcore punk, black metal, and death metal, each track concludes with a breakdown that slows things down. While this trick can feel like a moment of punishing clarity in Snake Legion or Wrath, over Overuse results in robbed energy by the time hideous disdain comes around. Okay. So yeah, it, the in the scope of the album, it was sort of a it was sort of difficult to single out a song from the others as as it all really wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> and it does get it does get overplayed by the last half. So I cannot I cannot fault him on that. 
But be that as it may, it really comes down to which track had the best riffs, the heaviest breakdowns, and most caustic vocal attacks, and the best lyrics. And all of those qualities are best represented in the song Wrath Slash Plague. So it comes right out of the gate with, uh, with little black metal octave chords and grinding rhythms, and it gets chunked. And it gets chunky about a third of the way through at the chorus as Mike yells, Our gods will burn with us. <laughs> so yeah, let's listen to let's listen to Wrath slash Plague. I think it I think it is both. So yeah, that is pretty much the extent of the the sound on this album. Like I said, a bit of wash, rinse, repeat, and I I know I have my I have my pleasures that way. I've even talked about this on albums that I love that I adore, like a few episodes ago when I was talking about uh, Terror's album one with the underdogs right and how they sort of set the precedent of how it was like you know really fast speedy thrashy uh uh beginning verse chorus verse chorus and then a breakdown just to really send it on home they kind of set the paradigm for that <laughs> well 
at least for uh, modern hardcore bands have been doing that in the in the past but terror just really like kind of took it to a head uh and yeah a lot of other bands that kind of uh, follow that same formula and all out war is no exception to the practice and and yeah they are at least doing something a little different on the on the on the overlay because you heard all those weird little uh, chromatic scales and those little intonated notes and just the you know these grinding drum passages i'm like yeah you don't really hear that too much in uh, your standard hardcore song but they've been doing that since the 90s so now people are just kind of like well this is anything else <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, but that's uh you know if that's the biggest complaint i mean yeah you'll fi- you'll find something i mean it's a yeah it clocks in at 25 minutes this whole album and uh, and it, you're bound to find one or two standouts uh, out of all these 10 songs. I know I did. It took me a while, but I did. <laughs> so, so yeah, listen to it and see what you think. Excellent. Well, I'm going to play a band out of New Zealand. They're from Hamilton in New Zealand. Uh, Mike Bludger, he checked out uh, Punkanoi Worldwide, made some suggestions about when I do New Zealand, as they're from New Zealand, well, it's going to be a while. I did New Zealand, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but it's going to be a while before I get there. And I checked out his band. I liked the band. And so instead of waiting for a very long extended time to play the Bludgers, we're going to do it here on the Punkcast. Finally. Right? <laughs> the Bludgers, they released All Night Drinking way back in 2009. Uh, you can go find the band on YouTube. You're not really going to find a whole lot else. 2009, you say? Yes. Must have been a long night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All night drinking since 2009. Man, that would be long. <laughs> a song that goes along with the theme of the album name, All Night Drinking, is Straight Down the Pub. So we're going to get to that now. Thank you again, Mike, for reaching out, getting your band on our radar. And we could check it out here. And I look forward to playing the Bludgers over on Punkanoi Worldwide when we get to New Zealand. So here we go, straight down the pub. Give me no shit, there's nothing better to do Right now 
straight down the pub. Yeah, I didn't expect uh, anything more or less than what than what they uh, just gave us right now. Great song, I'm sure to hear live in the pub. Uh, I'm sure everybody be drinking along, grabbing their beers, arms around each other. Uh, thank you again to Mike. That's the Bludgers. Again, you can go check out that album, that album being All Night Drinking. Eric, we are going to get to an album that you picked for the show, play a couple Social Stigma songs uh, in between those. Mm-hmm. Interview, that's coming very soon. What do you have very for live shows? Well, if you may have, uh, you may remember, if you listen to my episode of... Uh, you know, the best uh, EPs of 2022. Just came out a couple days ago. Yes, it did. And if you have listened to it, then uh, congratulations. You are now you are now aware of where my musical taste is lying. At least for 2022. At least for 2022. Anyway, I bring this up because one of the bands I was talking about, Spent, I also mentioned that I would be seeing them live that night. And I did. Awesome. So, <laughs> lucky them, or is it lucky you? Lucky both. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about that show. That was uh, Snuff Tapes CD. uh, Not exactly a CD. It was an EP release show. They don't have it in a physical copy yet, but that was a great show. Um, So, yeah, Spent was the first band to play, and I am so happy I made it there right on time. And, oh, did they kill it. Did they kill it. They always bring it. Like, Ryan's such a great front man. He's he's just... uh, He's like getting off the stage, getting down in the crowd. He's pushing people. He's getting everybody excited. And yeah, their music just kicks ass. Nice. It kicks ass. <laughs> so Spent was a Spent set the bar pretty high. And who should follow but Threer? Threer, this was my first time seeing them since God, 2018, 2019. The, basically, this was my first time seeing them with their revitalized lineup. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. Oh, that's great. Although I did expect something more, like I will say they sounded a lot better live than they did on the album. Okay. So, and yeah, everybody knows how I feel about that. God, Spencer was just <laughs> Spencer from Social Stigma and from Narc. He would he came up to me a few times uh, after talking about Three Years album, and he's like, "Dude, why did you have to rip on Three Years so hard?" I'm like, "It didn't mean to. <laughs> I was just stating my opinion, you know." Got it pretty uh, well thought out. I have my. I just gave him my honest take, and even Wolf reached out to me saying, "Thank you for being honest," you know. But Spencer, I didn't mean to rip into him. <laughs> just giving an honest criticism. So you guys know how I feel about the album. I didn't quite get the hype around it. I felt like there could have been better parts here, better parts there, and uh, maybe reserve a few little things here. I digress. The fact is, <laughs> Threer was better live than on the album, and that's a good thing. However, I've seen footage of how they per of how they perform. Their singer, uh, who's damn, I had his name, then I lost it. But their singer, who I gotta say, he looks like Bronson. You ever see the movie Bronson? I sure have. Yeah, he looked just like Wasn't him. Wasn't that He's, Tom Hardy? Yeah. Okay. Tom Hardy with bald with a mustache. Right. <laughs> you look just like him. <laughs> I could not I could not shake it. In fact, I was looking up I forgot the name of the movie, so I was looking it up on my phone while they were playing. <laughs> and my friend was looking at me like, What the fuck are you doing? I'm like, here. And then I show her the the cover of uh of Bronson. And I just pointed up at him. She's like, 
oh my God, yeah. <laughs> right? I even told him after the show, it's like, you know, you look like Bronson, right? Yeah, that was kind of the idea. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so good on you. Uh, <laughs> so now I think I'm just going to keep referring to him as Bronson because I can't remember his <laughs> fucking name. For the I think that's a great me. way to refer to him as. Yeah, it's sort of like how I kept referring to uh, Mike from Mandalore as Ryan. Because <laughs> 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 for some reason, I, I know a million Ryans. I forgot his name, so I just kind of assumed that it was just another Ryan. And I remember You're talking, playing the odds. Yeah, I remember talking to him. He's like, wait, why do you keep calling me Ryan? That's your name, right? No, my name is Mike. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oops. The, well, the, isn't that your middle name or something? The name Ryan doesn't exist in, in my <laughs> full name, buddy. It's just Mike. Well, I'm going to call you Mike Ryan. And he's like, yeah, Mike Ryan. That makes it sound like a PI. <laughs> nice. So Detective Mike Ryan. <laughs> so that's a, running, that's a running joke that me and him have. So now I'm going to see if I can uh, start this little running gag with three or singer just call him bronson anyway the, i'm getting <laughs> get back to the get, get back, back to, the, to show. the task at hand we got an interview to get to i know that was a bit of a weird pit stop but <laughs> the thing was i saw footage of uh three years recent performances and they were like and they would get crazy. They would get so spastic up on stage. They'd be jumping around. I remember Singer be hanging from the rafters by his knees. So, yeah, I was kind of expecting that. Didn't quite get it. Okay. Uh, but that's not to say that they were stagnant. No, they were moving around a lot, but it was really nothing to be uh, nothing to write home about. It's like I've seen that before. Pretty much every hardcore band has done the same movements that you have done. And even and I even mentioned that to Wolf. He said, "Oh, I would have been going a lot crazier if I could hear myself." Uh, so he's like, "Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't hear shit uh, for the guitar." So he really didn't know what was going on. I'm like, "Uh, I I get it. I've been there." So yeah, you really got to concentrate. Uh, sound wise, great. Uh, performance wise, could have been better. <laughs> I apparently have a, I always have <laughs> criticisms about three years. I'm sorry, guys. They're gonna ask you, hey, can you just not include us on the show? Okay, fine. I'll stop talking about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Then Narc, they came up on stage and they fucking killed it. I've seen one Narc show. I've seen plenty of Narc shows, and that is including this one, and it was good. Yep. <laughs> that's, awesome. That's uh, that's all I have to say about that. Now for snuff tape. Oh, it got pretty gnarly. It got pretty gnarly. I expected it to be gnarlier, though, because the last time I heard a snuff tape playing a show, uh, Sid, my drummer, was there, and she got uh, she got fucking slapped. Not not fist, not beaten, not hit with a fucking closed fist as one would in most hardcore shows. I'm talking slapped right on the fucking ear, and it bursted her eardrum. Jeez. Yeah. And the crazy thing about that is, like, who the fuck slaps people at hardcore shows? No kidding. Just going around like doing karate chops. It's like, no, you're doing downward fists. Yeah. You know, you're doing a front two knuckle punch to the ground. <laughs> you're doing a back fist around the head. You're doing a windmill. Yeah. But the point is your fist is always closed. You don't open your hands at a hardcore pit lest you run the risk of breaking your fucking fingers. Right. And also breaking somebody's eardrum. Yeah, nobody uh, wants their fucking eardrum yeah. getting jacked up like that. Seriously. But that didn't happen this time. Okay, good. <laughs> no. So, so yeah. Snuff tape, they uh, they had a great they were having a great time, you could tell. And the people there were having a great time. It didn't get too 
there wasn't too much of a bludgeoning to be seen in the crowd. <laughs> That's good. Uh, no, but apparently people saved that for a tsunami that was last night. <laughs> okay. Is that leading us into your next show? Kind of. Okay. I was not in attendance at that show. Oh, gotcha. Uh, for one, it was sold out, and I had a friend message me saying, hey, do you want my tsunami ticket? And I, w- I had to turn it down because yesterday was not a good day for me. Not, not physically, not mentally, not really anything. The last thing I really wanted to do was go to a show. Right. Sometimes but, we have those days, especially because of work, right? Yeah, pretty much. And so, yeah, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't take advantage of that, but also kind of relieved because I saw uh, one of my friends, uh, uh, Hunter, the kid who makes all those weird little uh, stickers. <laughs> you know which ones I'm talking about, guys, who, who are listening. Uh, he, posted a fic- he posted a picture in that uh, in the aforementioned uh, chat, chat that I'm at, this group chat of all these people uh, uh, booking shows. Okay. Yeah, he is in there. And he posted a picture of himself with a giant fucking uh, a giant fucking scar. Not a giant one, but a deep one. Okay. Right on his fucking face. And he was and a sort of uh, swelling around his eye saying, I survived the tsunami show last night. Jeez. <laughs> I'm like, oh, god damn. Okay, well, yeah, I expected that because tsunami is brutal. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, of course, I had to... Uh, I had to give a shout out to No Empire. That was their first show in fuck, I want to say like 8 years maybe. They were they were Good gone for, for a while. Good for them on getting back. Yeah. I the only other show I remember them being a part of was a uh, was a benefit show in 2014. Um they could have been on a few others after that, but that was the last I knew about them. And then they broke up and uh then uh Takeover kind of came out from the ashes. And then TakeOver went away for a while. Then they came back recently. And now No Empire's coming back. I'm like, all right, are we getting a sort of a revival here? (laughs) Or was this just a one-off show because you just couldn't pass up the idea of opening for Tsunami? Which, you know, I can't blame you. That would have been awesome. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure... Somebody got the itch. Yeah, and I'm sure it was awesome. And I saw some videos posted about No on No Empire's Instagram showing off their set. And I was like, yep, that looks like... uh, That looks like a... Mid 2010s hardcore crew going off, going off right there. It looked pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, but I did not experience that, alas. Uh, but I did get to, you know, but I did get to see some of the new guard in uh, Salt Lake hardcore, and that was the Snuff Tape show. Uh, th- yeah, that was the only show that I had attended. Okay. Now for the shows uh, coming up, yeah, let's get to that. The ninth, which is. Uh, uh, you most likely will be listening to this on the 9th, so tonight for you guys. Maybe even on your drive to the show. Maybe even on your drive to the show. To the Metro Music City Hall or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the Metro. My friends in Kareen Car- uh, Morps. Kareen <laughs> Morps. I'm skipping over my words. Marine Corps and Goat Sifter and Frick are going to be playing. That is uh, starting at 7 p.m., sort of. If you follow the SLC Hardcore page, I had a whole fucking thing. I had a whole fucking spiel about the flyer and the information that was on it. (laughs) It says 7 p.m., but we know that it actually starts later than that. It's punk rock time. People are going to show up whenever the fuck they want. Anyway, it's $10. (laughs) My plan is to create a place to do... Matinees. Bring back the shows yeah. that aren't going till midnight or one o'clock on a Tuesday or a Friday or not a Friday, Thursday or some shit like that. 
There have been a few matinee shows. There needs to be yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Aces High did a matinee show. It oh, started awesome. at, Yeah, and since it's a bar, you know, it starts at 5 p.m. <laughs> that's, re- that's great. Yeah. I mean, on a weeknight, maybe tough for some people to get to, but uh, close. It's, it's definitely in the realm. Anyway, go on. Yes, uh, we shall go on. on the, so that's on the 9th. On the 11th, Show Me the Body, Jesus Peace, Scowl, and Zulu going to be playing at the Soundwell. On the 12th, the hollow, uh, yeah, the Hollowed Catharsis, Social Stigma, and Wolf Blitzer will be playing at DLC. $12 be starting at 8 p.m. On the 15th, now this is for you old school metalcore kids out there, maybe even some of you deathcore kids, the Acacia Strain, Fit for an Autopsy, and Full of Hell and Primitive Man are playing at the Complex. That is 30 bucks. starts at 6 p.m. I'm going to try and get to that one, if not just to see Primitive Man and Full of Hell, because I love those two bands. Fit for an Autopsy is okay, never quite my cup of damn tea. And Acacia Strain, yeah, they're pretty cool as well. I haven't listened to them in like, fuck, 10 years maybe. <laughs> I've never seen them. So, yeah, this will be this will be interesting. Awesome. All right. On the 16th, F. Emasculetta, Force Torment, Social Stigma, and Blunt Force be playing at Real Art Tacoma. So that's not here. That's up in Washington. But you'll be getting a lot more dates <laughs> for their in-state shows and their out-of-state shows. Right? Yeah, once we get to this uh, interview, which will be momentarily. Uh, finally, on the 18th, Dogs in the Fight, Hi-Fi Murder, Violent Unrest, and Dre's Method be playing up in Ogden at Kamikazes. That'll be $10 and will be at 8 p.m. I believe that's all of it. Yeah, that's all the shows that I got coming up within the next couple of weeks. All right, I've got Battalion Zoska kicking it off for us on Saturday, March 11th. That'll be in Washington, D.C. at the runway. Love those guys. They'll be playing with The Screws, Capital Offender, and Luxury Teeth. That's a $15 show. Music starts at 9. Again, that is in D.C. Uh, Love Battalion Zoska. Next up, Saturday Night Live Punk featuring 13th Legion with Slives, I think. Sleeves? S-L-I-V-Z, I I think. And Royal Sham, Full Send, and The Mud Butts. That's at Irish Rose Saloon. Is that the new working title for Slaves? <laughs> They're go- soft play. I think they changed their name to soft play. Yeah, yeah. You said it was soft play, but slaves minus the A. <laughs> yes, I would have. Maybe I would have liked this name better for them. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Irish Rose Saloon is in Waikiki. Uh, that's where it'll be on Saturday, March 11th. It's 21 and older show, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. 1 a.m. on a Saturday, not so bad. But man, I don't like doing that shit on a Tuesday. God damn it. But, <laughs> Uh, that is, again, in Waikiki. Go see 13th Legion if you're anywhere near there. Love those guys. On tour is Last Rule Hero starting on March 10th. They'll be in Pueblo, the 11th, Albuquerque, 12th, El Paso, 13th, Bisbee, 14th, Phoenix, 15th, Flagstaff, 16th, Los Angeles, 17th, Las Vegas. Finally, ending here, Salt Lake City on the 18th. We played them. They're Colorado Outlaw Reggae. And, yeah, we played them on uh, that more, most recent cover they did. Looking forward to seeing those guys come through here in March. We're going to bounce back to this weekend, the 10th and 11th. It's on the streets again. And this is in Brooklyn at Monarch. Uh, the Mona, well, I should say Friday is the Mona Lisa room, and then Monarch is the side room. I think I've got that right on the flyer. 
Each night starts at 6, $15 pre-sale, $20 at the door. First night you get Beton Army, that's this Friday, the 10th, from Montreal, Liberty and Justice from Texas, The High Stride, The Stress, and Menace and The Hellfire. That's one band, Menace and The Hellfire. I assume those are all New York bands. Then on the 11th, you get The Prowlers. They're fantastic and just fantastic live. Steel Toe Solution, 45 Adapters, Dusters, and Battery March. So go check all those bands. I know, I think, all but one of those bands. All great bands. I haven't seen them live, only a couple of them. So I bet it's going to be awesome. Go check it out. Then there's going to be a show in Hamilton on the 9th, which, like Eric said, on the 9th, you might be listening to this on the way to the show. (laughs) Uh, It is a doors open at 8, 19 and older, $10 show. It features To the Bloody End, ASOP, which is Apple Size Olive Project, the TCIC, The Midwife, Crisis, and Holly Acres. I think those are all different names. A uh, bunch of great Toronto and Ontario and Hamilton bands. So if you're anywhere in that area, you should definitely go check out those shows. And finally, coming through this week in Salt Lake on the ninth or sorry, the tenth, Salt Lake City at the Beehive, you'll get We Are the Union, Cat Bite, and Kill Lincoln. And those bands will be playing in Denver on the eleventh, thirteenth, and Dallas. Austin on the 14th, Mesa, Arizona on the 16th, on St. Patty's Day, Santa Ana, California, San Francisco on the 18th, and that wraps up their March leg of their tour. Looking forward to seeing those guys this weekend at the Beehive. Eric, that's all I got. Let's get into that great cover-to-cover album, unless you came across something else. No, I didn't come across anything else. Just uh, Well, I have just shows, but they're not happening for another few weeks, so... I'm just uh, putting them in my log just to make sure I'm not going to be missing any. I'm sure I'm missing a ton. I see people uh, uh, posting the the monthly uh, calendar of all the shows on there, and I'm just like, Jesus, this four happened in a day. <laughs> yeah, but some of them aren't even punk shows, so give and take. So anyway, yeah, my great cover-to-cover uh, EP is one, one I kind of uh, touched on in... Yeah, a few years ago when I played one song on here. And this is the EP by Cross Me, Paid in Full. Oh, these guys are fucking awesome. Uh, they formed back in uh, 2013, so 10 years ago, in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Paid in Full was their first EP. It was released in 2014 via Flatspot Records. So thank you, Flatspot, for always supplying the greatest. Right, putting out good stuff. Yeah. For fucking years. Anyway, they had a they had a significant influence from uh, their hardcore contemporaries like Backtrack and Expire, as well as some uh, old schoolers like Madball. They have a lot of groove, a lot of thrash, a lot of breakdowns, complete with lyrics that will and have instigated many a mic grab. <laughs> and so, so yeah, the songs on here. There's f- not four. No, there's six. Okay. There's six. Yeah, there's six songs on here, and they all fucking pack a significant punch. And I didn't know which one to really choose. Well, I knew one, but I didn't know what uh, which one of the others I wanted. So I wanted to go with their uh, sort of... Uh, they, they both are kind of title tracks. One's a title track of the band themselves called Don't Cross Me. And that runs up and down the tempo charts before it slows to the awaited crawl to get people dancing. <laughs> like I said, the uh, you know 
the fucking uh, formula for hardcore songs. Yeah, it's alive and well in here. <laughs> However, there are little intricacies in the in the guitar riffs. So anyway, uh, that give it a different feeling, despite playing the same notes. Just uh, just listen to the guitars. And on top of that, the subject and lyrics are as straightforward as you can get, which is the true meaning of hardcore. Stop fucking with me! <laughs> uh, that's a yeah, that's a part where everything goes silent just for a brief second. And anyway, the overall song it's uh, it's a warning to anyone who will indeed cross me. So yeah, here is the here is the band title track. Don't fucking cross me. Stop fucking with me. Cross me twice. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a great one. So you see what I, you see what I mean with those uh, with the guitars just sort of like uh, changing up the riff pattern a little bit. They're still playing the same scales, same notes, same order, same tempo, but maybe this one's a little palm muted. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they uh, those little uh, yeah those little sprinkles of uh, of differences anyway, for lack of a better term, are yeah. Or throughout the or throughout the whole EP. If you've listened to it enough times, like I have, I've been listening to this EP for almost ten years, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and they've been uh, they've got other releases as well, but they haven't released anything since uh, 2016. Uh, that was their last EP that they released. It was Forever Cursed, uh, and that was through Bridge Nine Records. So I don't know. I like to think that they're still active, but yeah, I know how the lifespan of hardcore bands go, <laughs> and it's pretty sad. <laughs> I would like to at least see them live again. 
at least once. I saw them in a basement in Arizona. It was fucking crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from there, we got another song that we have to get through. And I think this was the song that I played on that episode many, many, many moons ago as the song Paid in Full. And I love this one. And being that it's about perseverance, it's about taking down your enemies and any other barriers and you won't rest until the job is done. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's good shit in there. Anyway, the, the guitars, they do a lot of talking in this song. What with the thrash speed in the beginning to whammy bends and dive bombs. And then the bass and drums hold the fort. Um, yeah, the guitars will just sort of uh, draw out this one note, and you just hear this doom, 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 and it's a yeah, it's quite a way to see out an EP. So, so yeah, let's uh, let's finish this off with the EP's title track, "Paid in Full." seen my band live or if you've heard our little demo ep and you listen to the very end the last fucking notes of between struggle and abuse yeah i totally ripped off that from the song nice yeah just be honest but there is a difference 
my song is longer, <laughs> a lot longer. It's like three times the length of this one. Uh, but be that as it may, paid in full, fucking cross me. I hope you guys are still around. Maybe you are. Maybe you're just uh, uh, incredibly silent. I haven't done much uh, research of my own to see if you guys are still indeed a band or even active. But I hope you are. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're treating yourselves nicely. Hope you're kissing your mothers every night. <laughs> and I hope that you all are doing great because this shit has been great. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, cross me. Paid in full. Fucking still a classic in my ears. Excellent. We are at that point. We're going to play a song from Social Stigma. They're going to do a lot of talking about the music, so we don't need to do too much. They're, they're going to do it for us. In this interview, a lot of stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about all seven tracks on their new EP, Class Warfare, that came out on March 1st. Go check them out on their Bandcamp page. Go check them out in Washington if you're up there when they're going to be there next week. Uh, looking forward to this discussion. Thank you to all the band members and the guest vocals, Emma. I had to think of the right word for it. Uh, all of all <laughs> the six guest of them vocalist. joining. Uh, preface: I, I amplified the volume a little bit. We had uh, what four mics for six, seven people, or something like that. Not everybody was talking right up into the microphone. It was a grand total of seven people, but one of which was absent. They were coming via Zoom. Right, and uh, he sounds just fine because of the mic he was on. Most everybody else, a little quiet. I amplified it so every once in a while there might be some audio uh, for some people that might be a little bit louder. So, But just as long as everybody can hear Barrett because they had the most to say. <laughs> exactly. I, I think that it should turn out all right. So we're going to get into the first track. The two tracks I think they talk about, they talk about them all, but choice is the choice. That's what we're going to play here. And Trauma Profiteering will immediately follow. I just want you to know the tracks you're going to hear as they will talk about all of them. So let's get into it. And then uh, the interview will be on the other side of this track. So here we go. Change the fundamental fact that we as individual Americans are going to make decisions over our own physical selves. And as long as uh, a fetus is dependent upon the heart and vessels and, you know, systems uh, of someone else, then that someone has a right to make that decision. Of course, women were not mentioned in the, or this was not mentioned in the Constitution because women weren't mentioned in the Constitution. Uh, but the principle of democracy is a very precious one, and it upholds the right for men and women to make decisions over our own physical beings. Let's die by you, you 
<laughs> Next, uh, I'm Spencer. Uh, I'm playing guitar. Sean play drums. That's, That's it, right? I'm major and I play guitar. And and I'm Cole and I play bass poorly. <laughs> he plays bass. He plays the bass average. <laughs> anyway, you guys got a lot of uh, you guys got a lot of stuff happening. Most notably, you have just released an EP. Yes. Yeah. As of March first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's a scorcher. I love it. Hell I got yeah. the I got the leak from Cole. He sent me the Dropbox file, so I got to hear it before most anybody. Yeah. So, yeah, nice little feather in my cap. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, tell us about the EP. Tell us uh, what songs really stood out. What was the approach of uh, writing this one as opposed to some previous tracks? And how did the new lineup fare out? It's been three years since our first EP. Veganarchist. Yeah. Uh, and we had a totally different lineup, as was mentioned. Uh, so since then, as was mentioned, we've had a few lineup changes. So we've had to kind of get uh, the newer members uh, up to speed with the old songs and uh, work out new material. Some of these songs that are on the EP, we've actually been playing live for a couple of years already. Years, yeah. yeah. And then there's, a, there's at least two or three that we have that are, uh, well, would be brand new to other people, but not to us. We've been playing it for a while. So we've been working on these songs for close three years now <laughs> with the lineup changes <laughs> and, and uh, everything going else going on. I think the, you probably can throw the, the shutdown and everything in there too. Yeah. That slowed things down. But we, are fi- we finally got it to a place where we felt good about the songs and had a situation where it, uh, everyone in the band felt confident enough to go to the studio and put it down. Almost all so, of us. <laughs> uh, for the most part, Cole knew probably had probably about ninety percent of it down, <laughs> and I think that's pretty much where we all fell. But it was close enough for us to finally get into the studio because it had been a while since we put out new material, and we're just 
you know, playing the same set list for the last three years. So it was getting kind of yeah. stale. So we, we, we were longer than that, really. Longer than that, yeah. You're probably right. Most of the songs on the first album were probably coming up on four and a half, maybe five years. Yeah. And so uh, I think three songs, four songs off the new album that we've been playing for mm-hmm. probably about a year now. Yeah. And then two that we've never played live and one that we wrote about three years ago mm-hmm. uh, and never finished. Mm-hmm. I brought it back because it's arguably more relevant now than it was three years ago right. when we started writing it. But Which one was that? Uh, choice. Choice. Yeah, Word. yeah we uh, demoed it briefly. We're waiting for guest vocals and that. Original guest vocals fell through and we snagged uh, Emma from NARC to come do ending of that song for us. So pretty stoked on that. As far as like the music itself, um, <clears throat> the previous record was a different tuning, slightly different tuning than this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started experimenting more with standard tuning because I was doing that in Fight the Future, so some of that bled over into this. And just I, too lazy to to tune. No, it wasn't laziness. It was more like if I were lazy, it would have kept it the same way. This was this was different because I, I don't think I've played in that tuning since I was in high school, so that was a challenge. So that it, <laughs> in it D standard? Over, no, in, in in standard anything. In, yeah, oh yeah. In standard anything. So I'm, that was that was uh, why uh, it, it made. I wanted and I also wanted a little bit of a different feel and sound to it too. Uh, the last record was good, and the musicians on it that were good too. Um, but I, I I feel this is my personal feeling that this is. Uh, a better record. Well, we got the consensus. Consess. Consensus. <laughs> there you go. Jesus. On <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, as far as the music's concerned, but uh, but what about the lyrics and the uh, overall subject matter? What I know you cover a lot of topics, Barrett. Yeah, I. And I think I said it last time, but when I was first getting into hardcore, it was kind of expressed. Um, at least the band that I looked up to at the time expressed that. Uh, if you're going to get into hardcore, you have to become informed about the things going on in the world around you, and you have to form an educated opinion and take a stand for something. And so for me, it's I want to write about the things that matter to me and the world around me. You know, on the on the new album, we have songs about uh, violence against trans people, and I came out about five years ago. Uh, we've got songs about labor movements and organizing. Um, we have Choice, which is a pro-choice song. Yeah, just lots of stuff that I I feel are relevant to the world around us and don't see enough hardcore bands still writing songs about shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> you got hardcore songs that are, uh, well, hardcore bands writing songs about uh, how much they can lift. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're Bench Express. <laughs> Bench Express. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think last time we were on, we, uh, Bear and I both shared the that for us, uh, hardcore should be, the lyrics anyway, should be about something relevant. And, and more than just like, you know, beating the shit out of somebody. You, 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 it's not enough to be pissed. You gotta be pissed about something. And there's a lot of things to be pissed off about. And a lot of things that rightfully and justifiably you should be pissed, pissed off about. The second part of that though is it's not just about being angry about something. It's about being informed about it. You're angry because you were informed about it. You know the context of the of the social issues as it is in the material world, and this is and this is a way to uh, not just vocalize or you know express that anger, but to articulate 
the political features of that, of that particular issue. Uh, and the song Choice, we've written that up, like you said, three years About ago. Three years ago, yeah. And we had that, we had a section set aside for uh, someone that could come in and do guest vocals. And thankfully, we, we just acquired uh, Spencer as our guitar player. Uh, he's in the, the, the biggest band in Salt Lake City right now. <laughs> yeah. So I was a little confused, but he, you know, Cole, Cole was kind enough to talk him into coming in, I guess. <laughs> maybe you wanted to join. I wanted to join. I, I dug the tunes that were already recorded, so I was stoked to, to do it. Cole, you want to tell us how that happened? How it, it, it was as simple as saying, hey, Spencer, you want to play the Riff Missile in a band together doing something else? Besides social stigma, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Well, you're already here at practice. You want to play in social stigma with us?" And unfortunately, he said yes. <laughs> that was actually a really good decision. I would, I would, I would argue that it was probably. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. And and I think we, uh, the intention always was for this band to be a five piece. But it wasn't always like that. There was a period where we were three piece because <laughs> yeah. oh, we didn't even yep. have a bass player. Then we then Cole came in. What, like 2020, Cole? Yeah, I was right during the pandemic. So, uh, and then, and then, so Cole had to get cut up to speed with the current uh, set of songs, and then, and then after that, uh, our, our drummer left, and he brought Sean in, and Sean Hi. has Hi. never played in a band before. <laughs> really? No. Yeah. And, and never played a show before, and uh, so, but we asked him. <laughs> And I don't know what the thought process was around that, but maybe you want to tell us about how about, about that experience is good for you. Being the drummer for social stigma. Yeah, uh, it's been fun. Like Adrian said, I'm very new to all of it, trying to work out songs and you know getting to a point, play the first show, and so all really nerve wracking, but fun. It's been a good experience. But you've been playing drums for a long time. Uh, I mean, my drums had been collecting dust for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I haven't really actively been playing much at all. But and I never really played bass either in a band. I think maybe uh, about three months, we worked in Sean, and then we were able to play a show. Sean's first show with us was when we played with uh, uh, Dispersed. Yeah. From San Diego. Oh yeah, that was yeah. a fun show. Was that the yeah. Beehive? I th yeah. yeah, I think Narc was on that also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah. Did, I, did I play with you? Guys? Yeah, no, you, no, you didn't play with us. Your Narc played. It was just Narc, okay. It was yeah. Narc, Snuff Tape, us, and and Dispersed. Oh yeah, and yeah, that was his first show. He did great. I think. Great. I think after I think the next show after that, you were probably on with us. That sounds about right. Cause yeah, think... and then it took another. It took probably another two months, month and a half for. Spencer would get caught up. Yeah. And then we were finally able to start putting new stuff together. Like I said, I was I had already worked out these songs in, in D standard and which was a, a curve for Sean to get around, or Spencer to get around. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we did that and um, yeah, it took another year before we were ready to get into the studio. But uh, Emma, as a result of you know, Spencer coming in the band was able to do the guest vocals on its choice. Yeah, and I think that's probably if, if if I mean all of them are relevant at any given time, but the most relevant one being, given the the circumstances now socially, mm -hmm. uh, is choice. Wasn't that like that was kind of a catalyst and bringing that song, being like let's make yeah, this a that thing. was a catalyst yeah. to bring it back. It, yeah, yeah, because it, it had been shelved for two and a half years, three yeah. years, because we just couldn't get schedules lined up for the 
the first person we had asked for um, guest vocals three years ago. We mm-hmm. just kind of shelved the song, um, and then yeah, Roe v. Wade got overturned, and mm-hmm. we were like, "Fuck, we should probably actually finish that and do something with it." Yeah. Um, instead of just letting it collect dust. Yeah, and Emma would straight away got lyrics together, and like it's probably the best part of the whole record. In my <laughs> <laughs> She's I gonna tell you about it. I also think that song is different than a lot of our other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, yeah, we talked about this. Uh, get this. So right before was it the whole shutdown thing? We did a Halloween show. And you remember that? You guys did. Uh, Anonymous did Chrome. You did Chrome. You did uh, that at my house. Well, it was such a great set. It wasn't anonymous, but yeah, it was just a, me and a group of friends. Oh, we, it was you and Tyler. Yeah, me, Tyler, so uh, Zach Kelly, and Andrew. Uh, I forget his name, but yeah, we we, we just did. got together to play that set for Punk Rock Halloween, and then Kevin uh, Cheerios. He was like, "Hey, do you want to play another set?" Uh, okay, and then he asked us again. Mm-hmm. So we played three shows as what I called it the real fake Chromax. <laughs> well, we, 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 no we did AFI that night. Yeah, I and, remember and that. And I think we wrote that song right around the time we were doing the AFI cover yeah. set. So some of the AFI style ended up in that song. Yes. I was, we were playing it, I was showing you, I think, and I said, this sounds like a lot like, like an AFI riff. Yeah. That's when, that's when you said, that's when Barrett said that. Yeah, that's when we were doing the, the AFI set. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, and like end of 2019. Yeah, I think it's also, I still yeah. think it's funny that Tyler Barani, the drummer in NARC, was like, oh, I can tell you wrote that riff. And I was like, no, dude. <laughs> oh, the, the, you mean, the, you mean the, the break riff? Yes. The groove riff. Yeah. I was like, no, that was Adrian, dude. I didn't write that shit. I wrote it. <laughs> I, you know, I don't write anything down, so I don't say I write anything. I made it. I made it up. Yeah. That's what I, do. I, don't, I don't ever write it there. There was this uh, <laughs> thing that uh, Steve from, uh, uh, from Dark Lord, when I was interviewing them a few years ago, uh, he said something along the lines like, uh, good art is original, but great art is stolen. Yeah, there's a lot of stolen stuff. <laughs> don't tell nobody. Hey, look, if Morning Again is still writing records and writes Metallica riffs, I think we're okay. Yeah. Uh, I fucking love that band, so. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can tell which which hardcore bands were inspired by Slayer and which ones were inspired by, like, Pantera. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have Emma in the room oh, yeah. with us. Hi, Emma. <laughs> it sounds like you're talking to me through a Ouija board. <laughs> is, is Emma in the room with us? Is Emma in the room? Will Emma like to speak about her inclusion on this EP during the song Choice? I was really excited about it. That's like probably the fastest I've been like absolutely yes to being asked to do a music related thing. Not only because I was like I love these people and I love this band and this song kicks ass, but also because I was very pissed off about my right to bodily autonomy being at stake. Mm-hmm. So I was excited to have an opportunity to write about that and express how pissed off I was about it. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> so I want to I wanna share this experience what? because we're, we're sitting in the studio. Barrett had just finished their, their vocals and Emma came. Uh, we recorded with Andy, by the way, mm-hmm. at the Boar's Nest. And Emma came a little later just to do that spot. And she went in there. I think we did two takes. And then we started with the first one. Yeah. <laughs> but that first one, I think you and I were sitting there. Like, yeah, dude, it just fucking You and I were sitting dude. there. And it started, and we're like, oh, fuck. It just had this 
really amazing kind of energy around it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even and, and and for Andy to say something like, like like Andy dug it. Like yeah. Andy did. He, it. He's like nodding his head a lot. Yeah. And he's like getting into it. You're like, oh, I must be doing something right. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> said, let's let's do another one. And, and and we did another one, and Andy said, "I think you got on the first one, man." That was, I think that was one. good, but That's that was the first one. <laughs> I think he even asked, like, because I think Emma was like, "Can I do another take?" And he's like, "Are you sure? Do you, need <laughs> <it>? <laughs> do, do you really need that?" It yeah. was awesome because I was having, I was actually like having a panic attack, but I started yelling, and I was like, "Oh, I'm." You- Actually, just redirecting this energy, and it just (laughs) made it easier to uh, scream and get really pissed off. I I mentioned this in our group chat and in the studio. It was just like, I think Barrett and Emma's vocals, for some reason, just like seem seamless. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I like that yuck you did, Emma. And Barrett's like, that was me. I was like, oh, (laughs) shit. So we're we're going to get Barrett on guest vocals on a NARC song. On a NARC song, yeah, so that's yes. coming up as I'm well. I'm writing one right now with the intention of having you do guest vocals on it, actually. <laughs> I'll, I'll happily pop over for that. And <laughs> Emma, I'm still intent on having you do guest vocals on one of mine. <laughs> I'm, You're in I'm high all, demand. I'm always down. Yep. I'm yeah. so down to write five lines of words and yell for 30 seconds. It's <laughs> <laughs> so much easier than having to write like whole songs yeah you get around you know <laughs> i was talking to uh, dan the other night from uh, run into the sun and he was saying like these guest spots that everybody's doing with everybody else's local bands are basically like the modern day split like nobody's recording <laughs> four song splits anymore it's just here's six guest vocalists <laughs> that's all right so it's fucking rad yeah, it's like right. spread the love around tree. Yeah. we're just so. all in each other's band now. Just a little. And just like yeah. Everyone, yeah. It's just like one big band. <laughs> That's kind of always been something, though. <laughs> I love it. I think it rules. Getting the band back together. Which one? <laughs> I think All of them. I think that's dope specifically, though. And Ill Will's been a huge catalyst in bringing multiple genres together and oh, yeah. not making hardcore yeah. exclusives. Being like, if you make heavy shit. Even if it isn't that heavy, like it's all kind of together and share members, and like we're all in the music scene. Oh, yeah. And I, so I think that's super fucking dope. I feel like that's been happening a lot with how the scene is post pandemic. Like I just saw this wave of new faces come in. Right. I'm like, okay, right. and they're and they're not here for a specific style. They're just here to you know bang their heads and push each other around. Exactly. It's like it doesn't matter what type of bands playing. So I'm like, okay, now we have this inclusivity. Now it's not straight edgers versus other hardcore kids versus power violence kids versus skinheads versus whoever else. Everyone was off in their own tribes. It's so kind of bar. But yeah, with the new wave that's coming in, it's a lot more inclusive. Yeah, I'm loving it. Hell yeah. Just like that uh, that post that Dan made on Ill Will the other day, the 67 or some odd local bands and all their tags. And you're like, like holy shit. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of fucking like, We just need one more local band. <laughs> 69. <laughs> well, there were some people like, like, hey, you forgot this, you forgot this, you forgot this. I think that was you, right? Was yeah, we had a few of them. There's a few of them, yeah. Yeah. I was like, so yeah, don't forget Sacrilegion, don't forget Swarmer, don't forget uh, uh, Simeon, yeah. Rubler, Betty. 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 <laughs> Ak. Betty. <laughs> yeah, Betty the token uh, shit talkers of Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, we don't talk about Betty unless they uh, 
throw their iron claws at us. There you go. <laughs> wee wee wee. I am woe. <laughs> cool. You chimed in a, a few minutes ago when we were uh, still talking about Sean not having played a show before, but I want to roll back to what you said of you, uh, Social Stigma being the first band that you played bass in. It's it's. I never played an instrument. I mean, I got a bass when I was like uh, twelve, and I played it for a month, and then never touched it again. <laughs> well, that's and then lame. Adrian's like, "I'll teach you." Okay, here I am, felling it, doing that. Here we are now, still doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think I think I showed him a few things, but Cole has been really good with just kind of keeping his own discipline. Yeah. That was the other thing too. Was like, I mean, I got other things going on. I, I just don't do social stuff. I do a lot of other things, so yeah. I don't have time to be teaching you. But Cole, Cole goes home and he practices, and he, you know, got his own equipment. He showed all the dedication that we needed, yeah. and you know, he was mm-hmm. he was available. And uh, yeah, I, I, as you know, Cole and I were in deep romance together. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. To say yeah, that. we were so deep, deep, deep romance. <laughs> deeply romantic. We were uh, with hopeless with, romantic. With, uh, Kale and. and uh, Others. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, think we've been in yeah, about. Project ended. Uh, yeah, it was. It, I think Cole wanted to get back in it, and I'm glad he did. Yeah. Cole should have some of our songs. And I remember you being. Me like, and Adrian did. <laughs> but still, with some of the breaks, like Cole yeah, would, you I know, mean, be like, "Hey, you, you can only fudge <laughs> so much." Right? <laughs> You gotta play some parts right. And he still right. taught me shit. <laughs> he taught me a lot of a lot of the original songs. Yeah. Go. What were you saying? He kind of cut you off. No, me and Adrian played in shit. Probably ten other bands with Sean Duggar and Billy and Marty and all those kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never seemed to go anywhere, but we kept always trying to do other stuff after after and during Deep Romance. We were doing other bands. Yeah. That never took any traction. Yeah, such as the such as the common tale with uh, local bands. Yep. It's like they start really strong and everyone loves them, and then they break up. Yep. Yeah. Usually was, within a year. That's what happened. But I mean, I, I I think some I think that's fine too. You know, it's okay. It's Sometimes fine. it's a bummer, but like usually if not everyone's down with something, you're yeah. just like, all right, we'll just figure some something else yeah, out. Something else out yeah. Then you just become that uh, bragging right band, the back in the day band. Yeah. It's like, I saw these guys. <laughs> I don't know if any band I've been in is one of them. <laughs> well, not now. Just give it a couple decades. There you go. <laughs> we'll be dead, dead, dead. <laughs> hey, even, that even further escalates your iconic status. <laughs> Like, yeah, I well, I've got I've got a kid died. I've got a kid in the scene now, so that's that, that tells you where I'm at with things. Well, now the kid's got bragging rights. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> My dad played these <laughs> that's bands. That's debatable. <laughs> debatable. But yeah, but yeah, I'm glad that, that Cole practiced everything as much as he could and was able to play shows and get in a recording studio. It's not easy to get in a recording studio. It's it's I really know. tough. Yeah, it's really tough, and you. you you figure out real quick that like if you if you're not really playing something right or it's a little off or something, it, it's gonna show up. Yeah, like you can't decide what speed it's actually gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> or or you can just record it live, or you can do it. There's so many other ways that you can do it, but yeah, we you know it, it is easier to do it with a click track. Andy for us was really really easy going. It was something we 
you know, we talked about quite a bit. So yeah. I had to have you. I was like, I suck just listening to headphones and trying to play along with it. Like it's a bit oh, weird yeah. if I can't like see the drummer. Yeah. I'm also like half deaf, but still, like if I don't see someone doing something else, mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to play along in my ears, even if it is with a click track, I feel weird as hell about it. Yeah. So I had that Adrian sitting there, even though he's not amped up, playing. Yeah. <laughs> so I can yeah. look at Adrian to know what's going on, even though I'm hearing what Adrian just played. Yeah, That's just how I work, because I've been DIY and punk for so long. I've done so much just like straight into a computer and DIY recording. Yeah. It's different. We'll say Andy does a really good job of making it a very comfortable and kind of easy experience. Yeah. For sure. And it's very tolerant with us. <laughs> we need to safely say, I've had worse. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Trauma prof- profiteering yeah. is also a banger that I really yeah. dig that oh, I think yeah. is like kind of stands out from the rest of the record and mm-hmm. the rest of the stuff y'all recorded before I was involved. So. I guess one more note on choice, and then I can talk about uh, trauma profiteering also. But uh, like, it was something that I really wanted to write a song about. Like with choice, I think it's bodily autonomy in general is kind of a, a pretty important thing. Whether you're talking about uh, abortion access or transition rights, there's mm-hmm. like a whole slew of subcategories to body autonomy. So I wanted to write a song, you know, specifically about a woman's right to choose. But I didn't want my voice to be the only one mm-hmm. saying it. I don't have a uterus. I'm never going to carry a child. I'm never going to be the one that gets pregnant and has to make a decision like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I always wanted the end of that song to be somebody who was more directly affected by that specific issue. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad with how it, uh, how it turned out. Like It's a fucking rad song. And uh, it's super fun. It's super fun to play. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, trauma profiteering, I mean, the concept is really that it's, uh, you know, I want to give credit where it's due. I, I learned about the concept of trauma profiteering from BIPOC women. And I think in general, we need to start listening to them a lot more because they're usually at the forefront of a lot of these, uh, social issues and trying to fix all the fucking horrible shit in the world. But the general idea is we have people coming in who have no relation to something that happened, have no relation to whether it be like a social struggle or uh, we see it a lot with a lot of the true crime serial killer stuff, but Mm -hmm. people coming in and just disrespecting the families of the people that were directly harmed, causing more damage and more harm because they want to make a buck off of something that they (coughs) know will sell. Mm -hmm. And it's fucked up. Like you're just fucking ruining people's lives again you know, years after they already lived through this shit. It's you know, like what Alex Jones was doing with the whole Sandy Hook thing, saying it was a conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, and now he's going to be paying every penny he makes for the rest of his life to fucking settle that shit. But, yeah. I mean, even beyond that, we look at, like, Netflix making, uh, like, biopics for, like, Jeffrey Dahmer and fucking... Mm-hmm. Oh, God, who was the other one they just did? Um, uh, Ted, Ted Bundy. Bundy. And they're bringing in, like, fucking Hollywood sex symbols to play these people who's, <laughs> like, the families of the victims are still alive. Like, uh, the sister of one of Dahmer's victims fucking mm-hmm. came out and was like, hearing the speech I gave in court when he was being sentenced, read back by somebody else in a movie that we begged not to be made, all with, like, fucking Evan Peters, who's, like, I remember everybody being like, oh, he's so fucking hot when he was on American Horror Story, and now he's playing fucking Jeffrey Dahmer, and so she's watching... This dude that like everybody's already fawning over, mm-hmm. play out murdering her fucking brother on television. Like, that's fucking horrible. Nobody wants to live through that shit again. Especially not when they've already lived through it 
once and that those wounds don't heal overnight like that shit lasts forever but people want to stack paper they want to make money and it's a fucking shitty shitty thing where we're living in this fucking capitalist hellscape where everything is all about how much money you can make and it doesn't matter if you have to fucking drag down in order to fucking come up on your next check and i was pissed about it and so i wrote a song about it and uh yeah that uh i think that opens that the new album yeah it does so yeah. it's the first track, first track. And, uh yeah. it's it really got, sets the mood say, well it's it, it does have a sort of ripoff <laughs> I, I always wanted you to do to. that. Is that actually a ripoff one? But like to echo what Barrett was saying, yeah, there is this um, tendency in our society here, uh, and, and maybe in other capitalist countries too, to commodify everything mm-hmm. if it if it, if it can turn a buck, regardless of the moral ethical implications of, of that thing. Uh, and then and then as soon as uh, as it can be commodified, then it's mass produced. Now you have like all these uh, reality-based movies with about uh, serial killers or, or some other uh, theme out there that's like cult leaders, yeah, cult leaders and so forth. But like it's just like when you know it, it's 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 just anything that and it happens. In, it's the nature of capitalism, mm-hmm. and 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 it and I think that's a deeper context there. But yeah, this is something that was originally called out by. Uh, you know, leaders, I think in the Black Lives Matter movement, and originally, initially, uh, when there was, you know, Instagram and social media influencers using police brutality as a way to kind of boost their cred on social media. And, and it goes beyond that, but like that's, that's another manifestation of yeah. that as well. I think, I think I first heard of the concept, um, it was during the Cosby trials. Yeah. When... Yeah, yeah. Like, the fucking trial, the sentencing wasn't even over, and they were already like, here's the fucking documentary. I'm going to fucking make my penny talking about all these fucking women who were fucking preyed upon by a fucking huge, like, household name. Like, everybody, when I was growing up, knew who Cosby was. You couldn't turn on the TV for more than 20 minutes without seeing his face. Commercials. But, like, yeah, yeah, like, ink hadn't even dried on the paper and call it what it is, like a fucking straight white dude was trying to make money off the suffering of fucking black women. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer's victims are mostly young black gay men. Yep. Yeah. I mean, communities that suffer the most don't need to be fucking suffering more just so people who aren't part of that community can make money. If you want to make money off of it, take a serial killer and turn their story into a horror movie. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, if you want to educate people, which a lot of these people are saying that that's their goal in making these, Mm -hmm. um, whether the movies or the documentaries or whatever, they want to educate people, there's fucking tasteful ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to re-traumatize people to fucking tell their stories. Right, yeah. And even through uh, like movie making, if you're making a big cinematic uh, biopic, you have to take it with a grain of salt because things are gonna have to be changed for the sake of the plot. Right, I mean, it's always gonna be like an interpretation and their entire intention is to make capital. But it was Zac Efron in- uh, Play Ted Bundy, yeah. Yeah. That pretty much exemplifies yeah. What the intent was there? Mm-hmm. You gotta Charlize Theron the fuck out of him. <laughs> like know? that is why. Like I lead Wordos. Yeah, she she was not attractive. Have at you? All. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's how you do it. Don't sexualize I lead Wordos. <laughs> I mean, don't sexualize any. Or Ted Bundy, or yeah. you know. I mean, none of them are really that attractive anyway. So. I mean, at least with Wordos, wasn't she just killing shitty dudes that tried to rape? Women, like, Emma, yeah. Emma and I have been in arguments about Eileen Warren <laughs> times, but 
She, some yes, some no. Either way, she, she was a victim um, in the end, and she ended up doing some shit that was kosher, but I, mean, I, I don't got to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I mean, even then, they've made multiple movies based on that story, not even just the biopic they did. I mean, look at Promising Young Woman. That's essentially the premise for that movie also. Mm-hmm. Woman's victimized and then turns around and starts killing men that she meets in bars. Like, yeah, well, even the same thing with uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Before the series came out, they had my friend Dahmer. My friend, yeah, yeah. Just, that movie was a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like shitty ethics aside, that movie sucked. Yeah. <laughs> he was just a boy looking for attention, trying to make yeah him to be out to be the victim and all that shit. Oh, Wild. Yeah, the crazy thing, uh, while, I was, while I was watching it, it just seemed like all of his friends put him up to doing the stupid shit. I'm like, why are you making me relate to Jeffrey? Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that was their goal. Yeah. It was a main character. It's like, yeah, great. I did the exact same thing throughout uh, middle school, making a jackass of myself. Quite literally a jackass. <laughs> Throwing myself in the bushes and uh, intentionally running into lockers. <laughs> but apparently, now that I did that, I'm slated to be a serial killer? Alright, cool. We were all watching Jackass back then. We are. Oh, I know. They Junoed Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) That's what that That's what that felt. It felt like watching Juno again, and I didn't like that movie either, so. (laughs) I turned it off. I got bored. That could get off track. I don't even know where we started. (laughs) We were talking about trauma profiteering. Right. I'm on the track if you want to. We want everything. This was written before I joined the band. The only two that have been written since I joined the band were Choice and Trauma Profiteering. No, Trauma Profiteering and um, oh, Proportional Escalation of Violence. Yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah. I think We Want Everything was like right before you joined. Because right. that was... Right. We hadn't been playing that one very long. Yeah. But I mean, that one's largely based on Spanish... Re- well, not the Spanish Revolution necessarily. They had a... I can't remember if it was Hot Summer or Hot August. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like a string of, of labor uh, protests in Spain. Spain or Italy? It Italy. Italy. Yeah. Yep. Where uh, the slogan as they were burning down mansions and trying to take back what I mean, really they had earned was, we want everything. We want it all. And fuck if that's not a, a good union, uh, union slogan. I it don't is. know what it is. <laughs> it's, it is. It is a very pro-working class song. Yeah. In the sense that we, we recognize as a band that uh, the working people make the world, and any profit that's made is made off of uh, excess, uh, unpaid labor. And the term, we want everything, that came from this movement, uh, means that the working people uh, deserve and rightfully own everything in that, in that sense. And so that, that's kind of the, the call to the action, that's the message. Um, we've seen this past summer, and I think maybe, yeah, this past summer, maybe even before then, a, a, a burgeoning uh, labor movement among Amazon workers, uh, Starbucks workers, and various other types of, of service workers. I don't know if you saw uh, this morning, they handed down the uh, the ruling on the Starbucks labor lawsuits. Basically, the, the top guy in the company has to read out a 14-page uh, document detailing all of the labor laws that he violated mm-hmm. to all of the Starbucks employees. Hell yeah. Uh, has to be posted in every Starbucks restaurant. Um, they have to reinstate with full back pay everybody who is fired, reopen every Starbucks that they closed to prevent a unionization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh yeah, no, they, they got their ass kicked. They got, uh, they got slapped across the mouth that, like that, they that's fucking, fucking deserve. That's great because that's nice. the power of people. 
that's the power of the mm -hmm. worker, right? Right there, right. That that demonstrates how that how that happened. We have a lot of the the, the, the things that we have because of people's struggle, and that's and that's important. And it's and it's not it's not a uh, hubris. It's not it's not ridiculous to say that we want everything because it's fucking ours. Mm -hmm. It's ours. And and that's and that's and that's how that works. And people know that. And I think that any concessions that are made in this case were won by those workers. And if you've been in a labor struggle or any struggle like that, you know that those things don't come easy. And a lot of losses. A bunch of people lost their jobs because they were organizing. They were fighting for their, you know, for their rights to to fair wages and and, and good working hours and, and working conditions. And this is not, it's not just limited to Starbucks workers, there's, there's lots of situations like that. Oh, yeah. But when they say that there's a labor shortage, right, it's not so much that people don't want to work, it's people are fucking tired of working for nothing. Yeah. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, I haven't gotten a raise in a while, and food is getting more expensive. Like, mm -hmm. it's 300 bones to just go get groceries. And if I don't get a pay raise, that's a fucking pay cut. What it turns out to be because the gas keeps going up, month, uh, food keeps going up, rent's going up. Rent's going up. Oh, yeah. If you want to buy a house in this city, forget about it. There's not a chance if you if you're if you're not making over a certain percentage. And even if you are, even if say maybe you're making six figures, not six figures ain't shit. Six figures used to be the goal for most people. I'm gonna make six figures. Mm -hmm. High school kids in that's that's middle class. By, by that definition, by now, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't know about this, <coughs> I'm pretty sure that all of us in this particular band grew up as working class, poor working class families, living paycheck to paycheck, having fucking electric shot off or heat shut off at some point or a fucking car repossessed. You know what I'm saying? Those types of struggles, those types of things add up. When you get into the workforce and you're faced with, you know, some, some fucking boss that's making four times, five times, six times as much, you know what I mean? And then they say they can't afford that uh, to increase the, the living wage. Well then how come, how come you can afford to pay, you know, this guy, uh, the CEO of Starbucks, his wage? Or what Jeff Bezos makes? Those types of, where's that money coming from? It's coming from the unpaid labor that we work. Meanwhile, in Salt Lake City, if you want to get a fucking apartment by yourself on a single income, you're gonna have to make almost $30 an hour just to afford rent. Like based mm -hmm. on based on the standard of like you have to make three times the monthly rent to fucking qualify to even rent the apartment to get approved. Your minimum thirty dollars an hour working forty hours a week just to cover the expected rent. How the fuck is that tenable in a state that still pays seven twenty five a minimum wage? I'm gonna interject and be like, let alone if you're a felon. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, if you're a felon, you're not you're fucking getting housing. Fucking completely yeah. fucked. Right. Uh, another thing too, it, it, at the end of the song, we, we mentioned imperialist and imperialism, and that's an important thing to mention that I want to touch on really quickly, because that the term is is often mistaken. But what what imperialism is, uh, in this in this sense, I imperialism, is the way that the United States holds economic hegemony over the world, how they control banks and how they control the 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 financial influences of the third world. And uh, we have a quote in here. I think it's after this song. Uh, by Maurice Bishop, and he talks about how when the capitalist world struggles and goes through its cyclical ups and downs, which it does, it's the nature of capitalism, uh, the third world suffers the most because of the way that, that colonialism came in and set up things so long ago. Uh, the people that feel it the less, obviously, are the folks at the top. We feel it here, too. We feel it in, the, in, in rent prices and, and food prices and so forth. Uh, but now it's even getting worse because you're having families, whole families that have never been homeless before that are now experienced. But we've been conditioned 
in this country to believe that at some point in our lives we're going to be rich and famous, right? Especially now with social media. We can become influencers or YouTubers or some other nonsense, some other fucking fangled thing that comes down the road that convinces us that we can get out of our, our, our class designation. How often does that happen in reality? And we go work our asses off, right? We were talking about this, mm -hmm. you know, and make, make the money that, that, that we're aiming for and even save, right? And still be struggling because there's nowhere near that any of us can make the astronomical amount of money that those motherfuckers are making. It's fucking unbelievable. There, there are people making money right now than anyone else, more money than anyone else in history, in human history. That's fucking wild. And that's, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> yes, no disagreements here. We're, we're a very angry political man. <laughs> oh, trans, oh, really? Trans, trans, trans <laughs> that was a real important one, too. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, well, I came I out as non-binary about five years ago. Um, and that, that falls under the trans umbrella. And so, you know, I, I obviously self-identify as trans, but like in, in trying to research this, we'll say community with air quotes, um, that, you know, I now find myself a part of and like learn more about the struggles that like other people who have been doing this longer than me uh, have gone through. And I, I came across the concept of trans panic laws. And I, I talk about this before we play it every time, but it's about 38 states in the U.S., if you pick up a woman at a bar and you go home and that woman's genitals don't match what you had pictured in your mind and you beat them to death, you can legally argue in court that it was self-defense because the sight of a dick drove you temporarily insane and people have used this legal defense and they have gotten fucking charges dropped as self-defense because they murdered a trans person who fucking just trusted them for one night. Like, that's fucking garbage. 38 states. It's fucking a legally recognized self-defense argument in 38 states. And it's been successfully used at least two or three times. Which means that a judge listened to a man talk about beating a woman to death and said, well, you saw a dick, so it's all right. Completely, completely insane. We're supposed to be the most civilized country in the fucking world? Not when we're doing shit like that. Well, I think it's relevant too because there is a, a, a very concerted effort on the part of the right wing at attacking trans people. They're waging a war on trans people, a literal war on people, because you, can, you can't have a drag show in this city anymore without some fucking right wing reactionary showing up with an AR mm -hmm. and threatening their lives. For them existing, and and uh, the other thing about uh, what was the other thing? Uh, one of the other bills that just went up to stop uh, uh, gender affirming treatment of uh, um, their adolescents. Not even just adolescents anymore. They just, uh, you know, Utah, Tennessee, and I think one or two other states are all passing laws now mm -hmm. where insurance companies are legally allowed to cover gender affirming care for adults. And so, in the state of Utah, if I were to go in. For home, uh, hormone replacement therapy, or if I were to go in for gender reassignment surgery, I now have to pay all of those costs 100% out of pocket because if my insurance company covers it, the state can sue them for medical malpractice. And if my doctor tries to bill the insurance company for any of that, the state can go after my doctor for medical malpractice because that is now what the state re uh, legally recognizes gender affirming care as uh, in the state of Utah. And that just passed, I think, within the last week. And realistically, red states across the country and even a lot of the purple states across the country are aggressively going after uh, healthcare for 
trans people, both adults and youth? Well, it's part of a legislative strategy of the right wing to use the federal government uh, as, as a weapon against, against marginalized people. So uh, I think with our lyrics, we're not just covering you know, uh, working class people as being an oppressed class, but nationally oppressed people, the LGBT community, trans people in this case, and recognizing that now's the moment to see these things happening, but that we don't need to be passive about it. We can be historical actors in the moment, uh, and that hopefully some of this messaging will, will reach folks and they'll take action, we'll organize, and they'll fight back. Cole, did you have something to add before? Yeah, I was just going to add on the, on we want everything take is, you know, unions are becoming more and more prevalent now than they've ever been because people are fed up with getting poverty stricken by wage slaves. We need, like right now, being part of a local union, it's better to go out and recruit the young, younger generation to teach them that we do have rights as workers. We need to build out our economy better through that and actually show protection for us as workers and have workers' rights to continue building our future. Yeah, and that kind of leads into Red Scare also, and that's one I know we've been playing for probably two-plus years now. Yeah, uh, yeah we, the last time we had you guys on, we uh, played that song as a, a bumper. Yeah, yeah we had kind of like a, a yeah. demo-style recording of that one we did. Um, we did a couple of demos of that. Yeah, yeah, we did. I think we did two different demo recordings of that song, um, and then finally recorded with Andy uh, this time. But and that's another one. It's bottom solidarity. It's pro union. It's about organizing your neighbors to like take these rights by force to yeah. demand equitable pay and equitable living conditions because that's just not going to be given to us. Right. <laughs> but people with all the money aren't going to fucking just. Yeah. hand us what we need to get by it was like, like that's where a lot of the original unions were uh, came about it was like back at the, the turn of the 18th century america when all those monopolies were coming in like uh, you know mm-hmm. and like how rockefeller was zoning everything and how right. jp morgan was zoning everything now we, we have jeff bezos we have elon musk elon musk elon musk in charge of disney now yeah, that 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 fool. Yeah. Mickey, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. digital monopolies. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Mickey Mouse. Even before 1800s with labor movements in the U.S., women formed the first unions in Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back in the I think right. 1700s, just women laborers, and it's part of why culture eventually shifted to say women shouldn't work; it should only be men, mm-hmm. because the women were fighting, uh, shutting down factories, like canning factories textile factories like women were like yo fuck you we're working in these shit conditions mm-hmm. we don't have voting rights so we can't fucking take this to legislative and say hey give us proper pay give us proper working conditions so we're just gonna fucking mass quit and if you want to hire us back you can do it with these stipulations if you don't want your factory to shut down these are the changes that you can make and so i mean like credit where credit's due like fucking <laughs> women are kind of leading the way with a lot of this shit and we are long overdue to fucking listen to them. Yeah, I think it demonstrates the power of the work. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That motherfucker sitting up in the sitting up in the CEO office isn't isn't running the machines. He's not going to run down there because you know you you didn't you didn't come in for your shift and, and turn your machine on and start running and making widgets. 
He probably doesn't know how. Bezos disappears for a week. Amazon's going to run business as usual. Right. If the fucking labor force disappears for a week, for six months, the entire company is done. We're going to orbit for six months. <laughs> how ridiculous is that? Though? Like, how fucking absurd buy a spaceship? <laughs> What's the other one? Uh, the name for that song is McCarthyism. Yeah, right. McCarthy. The Red Scare of Communists taking over America. Ooh. Which still is somehow coming back, even like stronger than I don't when even I was think younger. it ever went away. It it just, never really it's always away. it's always been a thing. I mean, really I, I, I I would argue that since Trump's come back, the uh, the communist scare through like Marjorie Taylor Greene and like mm-hmm. a bunch of those yeah, assholes. I mean, even during Obama, it was a it huge was thing. It was like, yeah. oh, the socialists, we're not the communists, communists are taking over the Democratic liberals. Party. <laughs> <laughs> fucking stupid I fucking cool wish. I wish the Democrat Party went communist. That would yeah, be fucking that would great. Be actually, really helpful. <laughs> 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 They're not helpful at all. At this it'll point. it'll never fucking happen. But which I think to move things along. Sorry, <laughs> proportionate escalations of violence. That's the newest one. That is, yeah, that is, I think, the the last song we even finished writing before we went in to record. Yeah. But a lot of it's, I mean, that song is really just kind of about, I guess the, the, the base idea stemmed from a meme that I saw years ago that was really more of an infographic that talked about how planets being killed, all of us living on the planet are being killed, and it's all being done by roughly, like, seven major corporations worldwide. All of these corporations have figureheads. The corporations and the figureheads all have physical addresses like i mean this is a problem that could be solved but it probably won't be except through violence well i mean that, well, that's what i'm saying like, <laughs> i mean <laughs> bring up the pipe bombs well, they're they're yeah, yeah, yeah. they're killing us yeah, like actively active, salt lake has five years before salt lake is encompassed in a fucking arsenic gas cloud rendering the city and really the valley more or less unfucking livable and fucking the state's not doing anything to prevent this the state's not doing anything to keep the lake from drying up and releasing all this fucking toxic arsenic fumes into the air like that's an act of violence against the people living here i think the very nature of capitalism except for a few small minority of people there's this there's an antagonist relationship there already and when things escalate yeah that violence is heavily in favor of those who are in power and Usually what happens is when people react, when people respond to that violence, police brutality, wages being cut, or a factory with bad working conditions, or any sort of thing like that, and people, you know, respond the way that they do, rioting and so forth, protests and so forth. Last, a couple of years ago, a cop car got burned downtown. That sort of thing. Hell yeah. The protest <laughs> the protest itself is then vilified because of the violence. Oh, it should be pro it should be peaceful and all this. Yeah. It should be. If things were to, if things were to work the way that they're supposedly supposed. But when it often is done in that way, any concessions that are made by the by the ruling class, by the powerful people that are in control of, uh, is mostly uh, in self-defense against us because they know what we are capable of. And it's not so much threatening them with violence, it's, it's, it's threatening them with the way that we can organize and with our politics. And that's really where it lies. That's where the real power lies. I think we have a, a, a little segment from a movie um, called The Black Power Tapes uh-huh. uh, from, with, with Angela Davis. And she kind of articulates that very well uh, by saying that, like, yeah, that the, the thrust of any revolutionary movement right, is defined more on its principles and its goal. However, should said revolutionary movement become violent, that's mostly determined by the people that we are 
trying to revolt against. I know the title for the song is kind of loosely based on self-defense law concepts where you can't immediately escalate things to pulling a gun. Like someone takes a swing at you in a parking lot, you can't just automatically pull a gun and shoot at them. Right. You have to engage in what's referred to as proportional escalations of violence. They take a swing at you, you can defend yourself by swinging back. If they keep coming, you can pull a a lesser self-defense item. Typically, the expectation is that you're pulling either mace or a knife. If they come at you with a weapon, then you can draw a firearm and shoot them. It's, It's proportional escalations. Right now, we're being fucking killed. The air is becoming unbreathable. The water is becoming undrinkable. I mean, they still haven't fucking fixed the pipes in Flint. And that's been six years, seven years now. Like, that was an issue back during fucking Obama and we're two presidents later. Like, at this point, it's self-defense to take action, direct action, against the people that are fucking killing us. And that's kind of what this song's about. I mean, when fucking Elon Musk can tweet that he, like, admitting that he funded fucking... A military coup in South America mm-hmm. so that he can yeah. strip mine fucking resources. Billionaires don't give a fuck about the planet. They don't give a fuck about the people or the animals living on the planet. All they care about is continuing to generate capital and revenue for themselves. And until all of us down here on the fucking bottom actually take an action to stop that, it's going to keep happening. Nestle drained all of the fucking drinkable water from underneath California. And when fucking California tried to take the rights back to that water, Nestle told them to go fuck themselves and the people in California can just die. They don't give a shit. Like I said, Salt Lake is drying up and we're gonna be smothered by a fucking arsenic cloud. They're predicting five years. It could very well be sooner. They keep fucking trying to build further and further into the lake and continue to push the lake smaller and smaller. It's just a matter of time. Fires ravage the fucking planet more and more every year. States that never had to worry about a fire season are now seeing all of their fucking forests burn down every summer. Time's up. Like, fuck it, it's, we gotta do something. And there is something that can be done, I think is the, the important part. It's not something we, like I said, it's not something that any of us need to have to passively observe. We can be proactive actors, in, historical actors in the moment, and, and, that, and that could manifest itself in a number of ways. I'm so excited to be put on a watch list as soon as this episode ends. <laughs> 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 oh, God. The last one is La that's the one that came from the Spanish Revolution. Yeah, because that, that was the, the that slogan one, yeah. as as the Spanish revolutionary fighters were attempting to overthrow fascists. No pasaran. It's fucking Gandalf on the bridge. You yeah. shall not pass. It translates to no passage. Like the bullshit stops here. <laughs> this goes back to why I joined the band though, just because I was like, cool, like I saw you guys live. And then when I talked to Adrian and met Barrett and everyone, I was like, oh, y'all are leftist as fuck uh, <laughs> and about actually, fucking doing some shit I was like yeah I'm down let's fucking go yeah, it's not just uh, it's not just something that we do as aesthetic that we're invested in, in this movement yeah as individuals and as band as band members uh, that's that's really what it's about I think that uh, I, I mean I don't I can't we can't speak for other bands but I think that uh, we mentioned before that there's, you know, there's there's sometimes a tendency in uh, heavy music in general to kind of stay away from political things. Uh, I I think personally think that's a mistake because uh, whether we like it or not, politics affects our lives, and uh, whether we pay attention to it or not, it affects our lives. It has a direct effect on us, and uh, we we need to you know be informed about those things and uh, decide for ourselves what 
you know, where we stand on those things, on those topics. The question that I initially forgot, like, <laughs> or really just kind of uh, bringing attention, is that you guys do have a sort of, uh, not a full-fledged tour happening, but you are playing out of state, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. We got a little Pacific Northwest run. Yeah, we're uh, we're definitely stoked on that. Uh, Spencer is pretty much solely to thank for all of the hard work that went into booking yeah, that. Yeah. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, <laughs> I just hit people up. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's been a little bit of a nightmare. It's, but. It is. But no Time <laughs> Records, uh, which is out of uh, Orange County, who's put out Narcs tapes as well. Uh, hit me up and was like, this one of your bands, who actually like social stigmas, one of your bands want to do a run with uh, the homies from the UK? And I was like, yeah, that'd be fucking sick. So that, it's going to be dope. We're playing uh, Everett slash Seattle, but Everett, and then Bremerton, Olympia, Tacoma, and Portland. So it's a short run. Yeah. yeah. But it'll be fun. When is that happening? Like, uh, do you have the dates on? Yes. From Tuesday, Tuesday the 14th. Yeah. Yeah. Emma's coming with us. Yep. To be doing merch and guest vocals on Choice again. Yeah. Be cool to play Choice out of state. So, if any part of the country is going to be receptive to what we're saying with our music, it's probably going to be the Pacific Northwest. Doing a blue state tour. It'll be Sean's first tour. Yep. My first tour, also. Really? Really? Yeah. I, I did. Uh, one out-of-state show with uh, Second Nature fucking seven or eight years ago. Yeah, it was it was a long, long time ago. We went down and played Phoenix. Didn't y'all play in Idaho? We played Idaho. Yeah, but like Pocatello doesn't count. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Pocatello is practically <laughs> northern Utah. Yeah, the, the Pocatello hardcore community is like basically the northern Utah hardcore yeah. community. It was, it's, it's a good time, though. We like yeah, I fucking love those guys. Time, yeah. We're looking forward to it, and maybe some more in the future. We'll see. We are a working class band, so we have to like also work. Pay bills. Yeah. Pay bills. Yeah. Myself, for myself and Cole, we have children, uh, so we have to raise children as well. Well, apparently we were asked to do a Colorado tour, which would be yeah, a little dope run to down hit the four corner, corners and yeah. do that way. But yeah, this one's going to be fun. Yeah. We're looking forward to meeting uh, our, our friends at FM Mascara. They're an X-Files themed band. Mm. Emasculata. Emasculata. Am I saying it wrong? Yeah. Okay. El Mascara. It's the name of like yeah. one of the X Files episodes. Yes, it is. Uh, I believe so. I, I love the X Files, and every single song oh, that they have is about oh. an episode, from what I can tell. Also, <laughs> also a big fan of the X Files. Uh, I'm a big fan of Aliens. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're also playing GBC. Yeah. GBC April 29th. <laughs> We're also but, uh, playing a benefit show on the 31st. Yep. At Black Lawn uh, with Spent and Absorb. I'm excited to play with them. Hell I know yeah. that both those fans have been wanting to do a show. Well, we've done a show with Spent before. We did a Mayday uh, show. Mayday, with them. yeah. A matinee show with them. But, that was at my house? Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, but yeah, Absorb has been asking to play with us quite a bit. Every time I see oh, one yeah. of those, folk, those folks, they, they say, hey. Violin yeah, it's all this stuff. And Violin and Rust. We played with Violin and Rust many times before. Home they also course. played that Mayday show. They did play that Mayday show. I was so dead. So we had another, another uh, benefit show with them. And also, before all of that and before the tour, we got a show coming up on the 12th yes. with uh, the Hallowed Catharsis. They're fucking pretty cool. And that's a DLC? Uh, yeah. DLC, which is, I'm told, quarters down. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where. It's like the same... Physical structure. Yeah, it's like on. Uh, it's like I know it's on Fourth South and like a Main. Main Street. Yeah, it's yeah, ne- yeah. It's next door to Lonely Hearts. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, I know where Quarters is. I just don't know where the venue portion of that it's is. The, it's <laughs> on the far the side of the... In the back. Yeah, Got it. Way in the back of the bar. Yep. Cool. You now have directions on you how to get there, so you have back no excuse forth, not to show up. We also have tape cassettes. Uh, on the way. Uh, tape cassettes are on the way. Buttons. Of the new album. And new shirts. Anything else that we may pick up in between that and just follow us on socials. Are you guys doing some sort of a release show? We're working on it. Yeah. I think we will. I think it's going to be at Black Lawn. We'll get that figured out. We were planning to do it early March, and then stuff just didn't come together in time, so we decided to... We have a, if we have a release show, it might, it might have fall between uh, the 31st and the 29th, so it's sometime in April, maybe. Cool. And Cole had to tune in via Zoom. Yeah, thanks, Cole. Cole was sick today. Cole's busy dying sick. of dysentery. I'm always sick. That makes it sound cooler when you say it like that. Yeah. I'm always sick. Thank you, guys for, <laughs> thank you guys for coming on here once Thanks again. For uh, you two for coming on again. And uh, Emma, Spencer, and uh, Sean, Sean. All you guys. Are, and Cole. Your and and Cole. Yes, and Cole. Sorry, I forget that you guys sometimes. He's <laughs> <laughs> just there. Digital Cole. I'm digital. <laughs> but yeah, once again, thank you guys for coming on and uh, yeah. giving such informative insight into, into you guys' music. And uh, yep, that just about covers it. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank you.
Social Stigma, that's Trauma Profiteering. Great track. Oh, yeah. I love I love that song, and I love the meaning behind it. You know, you heard you heard what Vera was saying, uh, saying how uh, you know people are using, uh, <clears throat> basically taking the 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 trauma the yeah the tra- yeah that people feel. You know, they've already felt it, and then people going out making the money on making shit and having them relive it. In oh yeah, and even before uh, yeah, and even before like the uh, verdict is reached, right? All right. Basically, what they were saying about that. Um, yeah, I really loved the. I also really love what they were bringing up on how uh, you know, move movies and series like uh, Dahmer and Ted Bundy. Right. You know, you take these uh, heart throbs. <laughs> yeah. No, no kidding. Th- <laughs> yeah, of all these actors, they're teen heart throbs, and now it's like you're sexualizing these <laughs> these. Brutal forces of nature doing such uh, barbaric acts amongst uh, their fellow their fellow man, you know, and and also in part like uh, we're supposed to sympathize with them. No kidding. <laughs> it's like yeah, on one ground, I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry that they of what that they have this mindset that they have to live with that. Like it sucks, but even more so, I feel sorry for the people that they harmed. <laughs> Exactly. You know? So I feel more sympathy for their families and the of the of the victims and the surviving victims more than I will the instigator of no such. Kidding. So so yeah, if you're gonna go about uh, making a biopic, then yeah, don't uh, don't make us feel for the serial killer, because that's just not that's just not ethical. No kidding. It's like sure, maybe, maybe you can st- this is a you can stretch this you can this is a huge stretch maybe you see some of yourself in that serial killer it's like okay maybe but that should be incredibly alarming if you do right <laughs> yeah maybe it's just playing to uh yeah you maybe you wish you could do something like that you wish you could be that way to just be so uh, so apathetic towards human life where it just doesn't matter. Yeah. And even then, maybe you should get help. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I said, quite a fucking stretch, but, you know, don't make us sympathize with serial killers. Right. Well, especially if you're doing it for the quick buck. Thanks to all the band members. Thanks for them uh, opening up about their band, about their songs. Go check out Class Warfare. You can go check out the other five songs we didn't listen to on this show. Hopefully you enjoyed the two that we did. Thanks again to the band. Eric, we got to wrap up the show. What do you got for us? Well, I got another song from the, from the Russian doom metal giants, Montezuma's Revenge. I played a song by these guys. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember what episode it was. Uh, but yeah, that was their song, uh, Posile, Posile, which uh, translates from Russian roughly to uh, after or post. Uh, yeah, they have a song out now. It came out on the uh, it came out on the twenty third of February, and and yeah, it's a song called Sunday, which uh, stands uh, translates to sun. Okay. Yeah, and and yeah, it's about what you expect. If you remember from uh, uh, from the last time I played these guys, it's slow, doomy, fucking uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. And it gets ominous, a bit orchestral in some part, and it just, uh, 
just a b- lot of massive gargantuan riffs okay. that, that just flood your speakers. Uh, as for this uh, song, the, the band said it best on their uh, band camp. So, so, yeah, there's really nothing more I can say, but I'm just going to read this on their... Uh, yeah, read this little uh, paragraph they have on, on, the pa- on their page where this single is available for streaming. Okay. It says, A year into the void, despair, and emptiness of the broken world we have found ourselves in since February 2022. This track is a mere reflection a figment of a traumatized collective collective consciousness of this band. Our lives changed irreversibly by now making us as alive as a Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> <laughs> a disjointed musical apparatus with all four members currently in four different corners of the world, the UAE, Germany, the US, and Kazakhstan, yet still wow. going. Serving you these riffs and screams for no good reason. Anyways, have a peaceful day, whoever and wherever you are. Stay safe.
оказались три дурака. Он вылез из могилы, чтобы поделиться с нами своими впечатлениями о том свете. Или кто-то этот свет соединился. Но ведь это бессмертие. Памятники дирижеров продолжают дирижировать, командиром командовать. На ярке дают каменных коров. Погибшие летчики в очках летят в каменных самолетах, танкистых танках. Но это не все. Вот у данных пристанок настоящие танки и самолеты. Без всяких там людей символизирует непобедимость и бессмертие. И вот снова ведут решать несчастную золью. И снова заверзают водяной коротенький алкаш. Кто придумал оставлять мертвецов на главной площади нашей широкой родины? And also a lot of uh, really eerie noises, especially in the <laughs> in the middle. There was that sort of a whistling sound, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, judging by their uh, uh, by their little uh, preface in their Bandcamp page, it is about what you expect. It's uh, it's pretty slow and pretty uh, uh, pretty dreary and pretty downright depressing. <laughs> but you know the. Well, you know, they're singing it in uh, Russian. I'm assuming that the uh, uh, the captain of this ship is uh, located in Russia. And we all know how that shit's been going over there the last year. Uh, poor people. Right. <laughs> the poor people. I'm, I'm both sides of the border. The poor Russian citizens, the poor Ukrainian citizens, and, you know, everybody's suffering over there. The only one who isn't suffering is the motherfucker that started this whole thing. Stupid. Bitch. Anyway, that's uh, I think we got through enough uh, fucking political rhetoric in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Let's wrap up the show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening all the way up to this point. Thank you again to everybody at Social Stigma. Shows found on iTunes and Spotify, on Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, Podvine, and of course, slcpunkcast.com. The bound bands are found on Instagram at Kill the Runts at All Out War underscore official at CrossMeHC, at SocialStigma underscore HC, at MNTZM for Montezuma's Revenge, the show's at SLC Punkcast. Eric? You can find me on my personal Instagram at ScaryUncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. That's where I post all of the, uh, all of the, all of the episodes. <laughs> Anyway, you can find my bands Anonymous and Apathetics on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official and at theapathetics.slc and on Facebook at anonymous slc and at theapathetics respectively and at bank you can stream our music and find our merch on Bandcamp. More music will be coming. That is at anonymous slc.bandcamp.com and at theapathetics.bandcamp.com. And you can find my other podcast Lead Melodies on Instagram at leadmelodies underscore podcast on Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc and you can stream the episodes on Spotify and on anchor.fm and follow the SLC hardcore page on Facebook that I run uh, for any and all flyers of shows that will be happening. 
I try to do that as consistently as possible, but I'm a busy, busy man, friends. <laughs> the bands are found on Facebook at The Runts, at All Out War 666, at Cross Me HC, at Social Stigma HC, at MNTZM. The show's at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, again for tuning in. Hopefully, you found some cool stuff. Thank you for, if this is your first time, go check out some other cool episodes that we have done. Thank you to everybody that reaches out and shares their music with us. Eric, any quick final thoughts before we wrap up the show? Yeah, some quick final thoughts. I mean, what else can be said <laughs> in the spectrum of uh, or the subject of this episode? Just, uh, I mean, I've said this one before, and I will say it again because it bears repeating. Just uh, think before you leap. In other words, just really focus and analyze a sort of uh, a sort of cause before you latch yourself onto it. Just really think about where you are standing and how this can benefit not only you, but the world at large. Just think about that whenever you get the chance. Play the fucking outro.